You're listening to the one of us.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at one of us net at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. This movie review also comes for subscribers at Time Lord level or above an uncut, unedited, longer video version of the review. Become a subscriber and check it out. say there were a lot of things about the very existence of wonder woman 1984 that i was very impressed with first off how did they keep this film a secret for so long <laughs> gal Gadot and chris pine aged so well i mean like jesus christ how old are they now and they look almost exactly the same it's incredible i mean in every other way this film is definitely a superhero film made in 1984 for sure Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, like, obviously that stuff didn't age real well, but it's kind of neat that DC's been playing this long game for this long of a time. No? no? Poor DC. <laughs> Poor DC. <laughs> yeah, we are reviewing Wonder Woman 1984. I'm Chris. Joining me is Wright. Hello, everybody. Harmony. Hello. And Neil. Hello. Neil had nothing to say about my terrible joke to open with. He's like, oh, God damn it, Chris. They, you covered it. We didn't know it was a joke. That was the thing. <laughs> if you have to explain the joke, it's not funny, Chris. <laughs> That's true. I was like, somebody really should start a comedy club called The Explained Joke. Yes. Every set is 45 minutes long. It's just one joke. You get it? So, because, like, it was made in 1984, but it wasn't, but it feels like it. You get It's because, like, uh, oh, okay. You see, when a man and a woman love each other very much, <laughs> they cross oceans of time or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. They, they enter a fish out of water story that feels yeah. in and of itself very fish out of water. This is the sequel to 2017's Wonder Woman with Diana Prince, played by Gal Gadot, and Chris Pine, returning as Steve Trevor, which, of course, big question mark is the first film takes place during world war one and you're like is he wearing old age makeup and is like 90 or something in this one no we'll get to that uh, this is also directed and written by patty jenkins who co-wrote it with jeff johns and dave callaham and it's both a sequel to the original wonder woman and a prequel sort of i guess prequel sort of the rest of the dcu even though nothing uh, is ever mentioned that ties it no. into the rest of that world I was thinking about that, where if like, I wonder if a young teenager Bruce Wayne was like, what the fuck is happening? And just doesn't remember anything that's happening. Wait a minute. I remember you. With the time period, it actually would have been appropriate for like there to be a point where like there's a TV playing and like successful Gotham couple, the Waynes were gunned down in cold blood this weekend in Gotham City. But there's nothing. If there is uh, no. something, it's got to be a deep cut Easter egg that I totally right. missed. I like that, though. I like that it kind of feels like Patty Jenkins, like DC, EU. Yeah, you do whatever you want. I'm actually just going to make my movie here. Yeah. 
after some of the things that have happened recently in the DCU, it could be just some level of like, look, let's not tie in anything too much to things that we've already done because we're not sure it's staying that way. <laughs> right, because they have no idea where, where they're going with anything. I, it, it feels like to me at this point. So this takes place as the title in 1984. Diana now works as a senior anthropologist at the Smithsonian, which really made me like 1984 is 14. I was going to the Smithsonian all the time. I lived, I lived in Virginia. I was like, oh, I want to be there again and not make all these mistakes anyway <laughs> she specializes in ancient mediterranean civilizations it's a huge surprise kind of a, a cheat but anyway we see that she is now getting out and being wonder woman with like smaller crime stuff like there's a big fight scene in a mall where she first like takes out all the security cameras you know kind of weird that a why did you wait so long okay that's a question is there going to be a prequel to this prequel i don't know but <laughs> what happened to her so she meets barbara and minerva uh, who is the mousy, put upon, ignored, insecure lady played by Kristen Wiig. She's Michelle Pfeiffer in, in Batman Returns before she turns into Catwoman. This is Batman Returns. Like the, the way that all the villains are set up. It's Batman yeah. Returns. Yep. <laughs> She's like right away like, oh, I can't believe this woman is talking to me. This beautiful, amazing woman. I'm, I want to be her best friend. Meanwhile, businessman Maxwell Lord who is played by Pedro Pascal, who is having a year for sure. He visits the Smithsonian. He's like a big oil baron type guy, but it looks like maybe it's not really everything is the way he looks. He's cash poor. Yeah, a bunch of new <laughs> artifacts come in. Apparently he's coveting this thing called the Dream Stone that they think is worthless because the stone in it, Citrine, is like not a valuable stone or whatever. But what it does is, and this is the ultimate lazy MacGuffin, sorry, it grants wishes! Hooray! Diana and Barbara both don't know this as they holding it, making wishes, just kind of conversationally. She's still pining for her ex-boyfriend from 70 years beforehand and wishes that Steve Trevor was back, which, of course, bang. And then Barbara wishes she could be like just like as strong and beautiful as Diana, not realizing that Diana is, of course, the superhero. And that's going to be more than just you're going to be a super hottie that everyone wants to have sex with. It's a burden. It's a huge <laughs> burden. <It's>, uh, <laughs> I can tell you, it just like, it's a struggle every day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh that hard. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> also, I mean, if you were Gal Gadot and you uh, were pining, I mean, Chris Pine, he's a hottie too. I mean, I would be thinking about that guy for 70 years too. I mean, that's good dick. That's all I got to say. That must be like, <laughs> and, and I'm going to say like, no dick's that good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why the Dreamstone works this way. Instead of just, poop, there he is. He's back and like, uh, he's Steve Trevor. He's actually in the body of another dude who's also kind of conveniently haughty, I guess, which has raised some questions that didn't even occur to me at the time. Like, it's rape. If she has sex with him, it's rape. I'm like, I guess technically, but it's also this comic book movie. And I don't know. I wouldn't worry too much about it. That's me. It's fine. Uh, yeah. It's if you fine. want to be worried about that, you by all means, you run with that. But for me, I'm like, don't we have bigger problems? Come on. So anyway, Maxwell ends up becoming sort of the big bad of the movie. He gets powers. I'm not going to be specific of that, but basically it creates a kind of apocalyptic situation. And while Barbara is becoming who in the comics becomes Cheetah, she is getting more and more confident as she's discovering that not only is she like capable of walking in heels, rolls eyes. No, that's really hard. <laughs> Have you ever walked in heels before, Chris? No, I've never found a pair of heels that would fit my, on my feet. Holy shit, it is difficult. <laughs> I'll difficult. say that. I believe it, and I want to hear that story after we're done recording. <laughs> 
she's dealing with, oh shit, not only am I this powerful woman, I'm actually literally this very powerful woman. I, I ripped the door off my refrigerator. What's going on? Why am I changing? And Diana is distracted by Steve being back. So all this is going on and there's a lot of be careful what you wish for, monkey's pawism. Mm -hmm. And maybe the only solution here is to be able to give up the things that you most wanted. So that's kind of the crux and the the real struggle of this film, because God knows Pedro Pascal as a villain is kind of playing it as like the bad dad who doesn't want to be a bad dad. In his heart, he's probably a really nice guy. He's not a threatening villain, and he doesn't no. come across as particularly bright either. And then Kristen Wiig is playing it for straight comedy up until when she suddenly isn't. And then she's basically just Electro from Amazing Spider-Man 2. Like, I need a thug. You be the thug. There's a lot of charm, for sure. I, I think Kristen Wiig is great until she takes it too seriously and lets the CG guys make her over. But I never could really get with this thing. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it, too. I liked it as well. I liked it. You're wrong, Chris. No. Uh... <laughs> I don't think he's wrong. I think I see your point, the way that you viewed this, because it's not like really a great movie, but there are a lot of elements in it that are really fun. I'm not a superhero comic book fan. Like I, I love graphic novels of just like one-off people, but I've never really read a lot of like X-Men or any of the DC stuff at all. So this really made me kind of like Wonder Woman a lot more, even though I don't know if this is like the best introduction <laughs> to really like her, but I loved how even her progression through the film showed how she was uh, developing as a character. And we were referencing like Batman Returns. I was saying that earlier today, actually, is like the villains are just like Batman Returns. But really what this reminded me of, and you said Amazing Spider-Man 2, this is Spider-Man 2, the second Sam Raimi movie, because there are elements of that film, of at least with uh, Peter Parker, where he is dealing with who he is, and does he really want to be this hero? There are like literal things that are happening to him, and with Diana Prince, that are affecting her like mortally. And I, I thought that was really cool that they were at least continuing with that and like and she had to overcome it. And I thought a very powerful scene towards the end of the movie, like where she had to like, no, I need to do this because I need to be the hero that the world deserves. I thought that was good. I see all its flaws and still found it to be really enjoyable. It's not as moving. Like, I didn't, like, cry through it like I did at the 2017's Wonder Woman like in the movie theater. It's not a great film, but it is a fun time. It is a good way for me to spend some money on HBO Max. And, and... <laughs> Hold on one second. HBO? <laughs> it worked. <laughs> Also, tell them real quick, just borrow someone else's login. Come on now. I know, I know, that's true. No, I, somebody else has my login. We've got a thing, HBO. We're, we're good. Don't worry about it. But just sitting here, you know, watching it Christmas Day, it's a fun time. Yeah, there is flaws. Like, did she really go 70 years without dating anybody? Like, I don't believe she didn't date anybody on The Mascara. So, like, I'm just like, that I, out of all of this is the part that I have the hardest time believing <laughs> Is that she just pined for Chris Pine for 70 years. I That's thought she that. and Kristen Wiig were going to just go at it at one yeah. point when they're going out to lunch. I'm like, you guys would make the cutest couple. You should totally do cutest this. Girl I'm crush. all Absolutely. for it. I yeah. think that's one of the things where I was like, I like Kristen Wiig's character so much in this that I hated that she just kind of became so 
just a bland another villain for me that at a certain point. That was the point. I know it was, but it made for not entertaining watching. It made it for it being like, you were a character I liked watching, and now you could be anybody. I had fun with this, but I did really like all three of our main characters. The, the arc fits very well in the 80s of, as I saw, she could have been trying to say, the director. This was about consumerism and the cost of these wishes had a cost. And yes, it's all going back to the monkey's paw. And we keep saying that because the movie actually says it. They are self-aware of this. But the cost is why you see Kristen Wiig. She charms the shit out of you. And then she's just this stereotype because that was part of the cost. Diana calls that out later. And it wasn't just walking in heels. It was meant to show she was getting some physicality. Because they gave her other clumsy stuff too. But the heels was just the first thing we kind of saw of it. So I had a lot of fun with this. Yes, there's flaws. I don't think there's a lot of flaws. But this and every other movie now is getting all this hype and build up because of delays. Because of, Mm -hmm. oh, everyone's going to get to see it. This Mm -hmm. might be the most reviewed movie in one to two years. Because everybody saw it at the same time. And everybody has to make a YouTube video, a Reddit post, a tweet about it. (laughs) And and if you go Uh, looking, (laughs) you're going to see a very split, like what people think of it. Because mm-hmm. everybody freaking saw it. I think the same thing happened to Tenet. It's going to happen to all the movies in the next couple of months of, okay, there's so little to watch. You better fucking entertain me. And when it misses some marks, it becomes, it missed all the marks. And it's terrible. No. Yeah. I loved how they flipped the fish out of water, but didn't go too far down the rabbit hole with it where Steve Trevor's now the one being introduced to stuff. And his wonderment seemed just as high as hers when she comes into to yeah. London and the world. And no, I'm going to believe that she did not date anybody else because her first love she stuck to. Which is horrible. I hate that. Terrible. She's yeah. Wonder Woman. She should have been getting laid for 70 years. Well, we also don't know how long she's been alive before she meets Trevor. Yeah. She That's could have true. been two, three, four hundred years at this point. Steve has such an impact on her. Granted, her mother and others had told her, you are going to be something. And what he sacrifices himself for that notion in the first movie, I can save today, but you can save the world. Yeah. I think that really resonated with her. Her heart had no other name on it. But also, I think she closed herself off. She hid in the back of museums and archaeological digs and wasn't looking for it. I understand all the reasonings they gave us. I just don't believe it still. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't believe it. Amazonians are strict and disciplined. She could have been like, nope, no love till who knows when. I'm not convinced she didn't have a girlfriend on their mascaras. I'd watch that movie. 70 years for an Amazonian? Like, like, that's just a blip. Let's not get too hung up on this one particular (laughs) point. I really liked how they didn't hit you over the head with the 80s thing because yeah. it could have been like new wave music everywhere and flock of seagulls hair everywhere. And it was I agree. Like a, it, it felt a lot more realistic to me that way. Yeah. I was a little worried on the near opening shot of leg warmers and I'm like, please don't. This can't all be bright colors because it wasn't. You know? They just kind of did it early on. I think set the tone and then walked yeah. away from it. It was peppered in throughout the whole movie. I think, yeah. I think it was appropriate enough. I didn't think they went overboard with it, although, and I don't care, but there were people who were upset that they paid no attention to time continuity on a bunch of shit. Like, there's video games in the arcade that didn't even come out for, like, two or three years after that and stuff. I'm like, I don't care, but it's kind of weird that no one bothered to pay attention to that. I was like, okay, whatever. That was just exemplified how lazy I found so many things here. Like, you're talking about liking the Steve Trevor fish out of water story. I thought it was the most cockneyed thing ever. They literally do the joke 
where they're at the art museum and he stops and looks at a trash can. She's like, oh, that's not art, it's a trash can. That's been in like five movies. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I was like, are you kidding? They also gave that away in the trailer too. I think if they yeah, hadn't that given that away in the trailer, trailer it would have was I was waiting for the scene when that was happening. I was like, you know what would be bold? If they didn't do that joke. It's an overdone joke. And there's the thing where he's like, oh, he's looking in the mirror and it says, what is a Freaky Friday joke or something? I don't know, man. There's a lot of stuff that I was like, this just isn't interesting. I mean, it's not that Chris Pine isn't giving it his all because he is. He's doing a lot of gap mouth. Whoa, look at that. Whoa, look at that. He's doing the best he can do with what I thought was a terrible script that was written for him. I get it. Turnabout is fair play where the dude is nothing but like attractive arm candy in this particular movie to create a dramatic scenario for the woman. Turnabout is indeed fair play, I suppose, but it wasn't good in those other movies when it did it the other way either. And I thought all the CG was kind of schlocky and terrible. There's a lot of jumping and flying, as you might imagine. And Mm -hmm. all that, it had this feel that you get when you don't shoot it right, that really looks like with the arcs, like the way someone looks when they're being pulled up on a wire. You know, just it didn't feel natural and organic the way they would jump and fly and move. It, it all felt like, oh, is this like an 80s kung fu wuxia movie where everyone's like can fly and jump up and run across roofs and shit? I mean, I know that's nitpicking, but I see so many of these and I'm like, why does everybody else do this better than this movie? And this is the new one. And that's a good point. Like they had the extra time. They could have made it look a little better. I mean, this is not an offensive movie. It's no. not like I didn't make me mad. I just kind of was meh. I just didn't really care that much. I was like, at the end, I was like, yeah, that was fine. I'll probably watch it again someday. I feel like it could have been a lot better. I mean, even the first one, I'm like, I was two thirds of a great movie and one third of a, okay, well, you're just doing this now. It's not terrible, but. You you didn't cry through it like I did? I did not. (laughs) It wasn't for you, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Pedro Pascal in this movie, I honestly thought he was great (laughs) i loved his character he was definitely the penguin i loved his arc so much i almost just wanted to watch a movie about him that's what the movie felt like it was like it's actually a movie about maxwell lord he's the most energetic in this whole film he is sweating and like going at it like someone's holding a gun at his feet and saying dance motherfucker (laughs) amazing Just like full tilt the entire time. He is really making a big some of the scenes like with his kid i have to say is like i know that harmony you were talking about that yes you were crying in the first movie a couple of scenes with the him and the kid definitely towards the end i was kind of tearing up a little bit i love a redemption story for a villain even though how awful they can be if you can see the arc throughout the entire film and it pays off I thought it paid off very well for him. Right, keep going into your final thoughts. I liked it. We said this at the very beginning. I don't think it was like fantastic or great or perfect or anything, but I thought it was great enough to where it shows this kind of like great side story of Diana Prince, uh, Wonder Woman. It develops her character and it develops all these other villains that I thought was good enough. Like even the time, like what we're living in now, that it, it boosted my spirits up actually. For all the other DC movies that are out there, I mean, in the DCEU, sans... Christopher Nolan Batman crap uh, which I love I'm not saying it's crap I'm just saying it's I'm saying the objective crap you don't belong here (laughs) Um, you're not one of us I honestly thought this was like one of the best ones out there I'm gonna give this 7 out of 10 whips 
on lightning bolts, which is awesome. She's Zeus's daughter. She's yeah. Zeus's daughter, and that's fucking cool that she was doing that. And I was like, I haven't seen that before. I thought that was cool. Neil? I had a lot of fun with this. I did not set the bar high. It leaped. Wire leaped over it, Chris. It looked like it wire leaped over it. I didn't literally or figuratively see the strings pulling on the actors or the action. I was able to kind of lose myself in it. And because this is so accessible, I would recommend people watch this. Do you got to go pay full theater price or whatever? No. Everybody filled their role really well. Yes, Pedro was amazing. He's chewing so much of the scenery because that character is all about biting off more than they can chew. You even see a bit of his backstory where it's all about overselling. He's overselling. And when he gets plugged into a power outlet figuratively with the Dream Stone, he does not know a limit. I will give this 8.4 out of 10 museum crates. <laughs> I like that it's 8.4. That's that's good, Neil. <laughs> Harmony? I enjoyed it, so I will watch it again. That's kind of my litmus test. And I wanted to say something about Kristen Wiggs. I know they CGI'd her towards the end. They didn't do a whole lot with her face other than makeup, and that was pretty impressive to me. It was just very neat cheetah lines, and I appreciate that they didn't give her, like, saber-tooth-esque, you know, big old jowls or something. I thought know? she was so CG'd as a cat, I thought Bill Murray was going to start voicing her. <laughs> Boom. Oh, Calm down. Is Calm that down. another joke? I can't tell. Where's the music comes back from the dead to voice Kristen Wiig? There's not really a whole lot left to say because we did kind of run over a little bit. So I'm just going to say I'm going to give it 7.6 out of 10 men outfit montages. Obviously, you guys like this a lot more than me. Neil, I'm telling you, I went into this with super low expectations because the advance word was so bad. The more I lower my expectations, the more chance there is I'll be the guy going, what are they talking about? I thought it was fine. And I was not that guy. I thought this is much lesser than the first film. I mean, it's in the lower end of the middle for me. It's fine, but it should have been a hell of a lot better. There's so much about it that I felt was kind of just tasteful in a, as a comic book fan. And I don't mean canon-y, because God knows there's nothing here that's from canon. Like, nothing. Like, everybody in here is playing a character that faintly resembles, at best, people from the comic books. Or people from the real world, I think. I mean, if you're looking for the classic Cheetah or the classic Max Lord, you're in for a shock because they don't follow those storylines whatsoever. But who gives a shit? If you tell a good story, I'm fine with that. And I just didn't think it was a good story. I thought it was dull. I thought it was hackneyed. Uh, I thought it wasn't funny. I mean, obviously, the smile of Gal Gadot is so disarming that it actually should be investigated to see if there's hypnosis involved or something. It's like <laughs> you immediately like you're watching her on screen and she smiles and you like look away and blush. You're like, wait she can't see me i thought cheetah when she goes full cheetah looked i thought she looked atrocious that big final fight scene between cheetah and wonder woman doesn't work for the same reason a lot of the other big final fight scenes in the dc films don't work they've never really gotten the largely entirely cg character thing down in close combat and it looks rubbery it looks unreal it's all shot in darkness and it just looked terrible and took me right out of the movie i didn't enjoy it there's stuff to like but nothing to love there's stuff to dislike but nothing to hate meh is my ultimate review of this I'm going to give it four and a half out of 10 new Wonder Woman powers that just came out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> I thought she was going to pull a Wonder Woman logo off her chest and throw it at someone and it would like wrap around them and then disappear. Those are all from the comic books at different times. I know they are, but in the context of the movie, they come out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> 
I think the mid credits scene like makes up for all of that though. <laughs> Steve Steve Trevor goes at one point, Oh, flying, you describe why he likes flying, and then she's like, Huh, maybe I can fly if I just start liking flying. <laughs> That's literally the transfer. I was like, What? <laughs> 